The following is a North Carolina Baptist resource. For more, visit ncbaptist.org. We started Lawndale when I first came. I really had started uh, in prayer about how to reach men in our church. And uh, through a a four-month process, we prayed. And somewhere during that four-month time of praying and trying to reach some men... Uh, we came across D-Life, and uh, the, the, the guy who I called was named uh, Bill Wilkes, and Bill Wilkes is a pastor. He's at North Park Baptist Church, and he's been there 17 years. And when I got on the phone with Bill, I found somebody that believed and talked the same way that I did. He, the thing, he and I agreed together, we probably talked for an hour. And I was like, man, I got to hear about this D-Life. So I twisted his arm. Bill came all the way from Trustville to Lawndale to train 12 men in my church. Uh, Eight of them agreed to start uh, D-Life, doing a D-group. And uh, what what I had planned for men actually turned out to be a (laughs) church-wide disciple-making process. God kind of blew my plans up. And so uh, to make a Just share a quick story. Uh, We went from eight groups to 40 groups in nine months. Uh, I can only say that's a God thing. We we had not planned that. Once again, we had planned to reach men. Uh, Today, uh, we started this back in January 2018. So in the span of two years, we are now uh, at uh, 50, over 50 groups. And groups are continuing to multiply and uh, grow as we speak. And so uh, Bill started D-Life because he had been at his church about 10 years and was just uh, not experiencing what he said was spiritual growth with his staff. And really he started D-Life with his staff and really just sharing, uh, reading God's word and sharing together. And he said, so what happened was after a year, the staff said, Pastor, this has been so great for us. Why can't we take it to go to our congregation? And that's what they did. And they started with about 80 groups in their own church. And so this is kind of where D-Life started. So I'm going to give you something that I just came across recently. This is a fascinating study. Uh, The Center for Bible Engagement uh, wanted to do a research and find out if, um, if, if if, if we're making a difference going to church. Reading the Bible once a week. Is that really impacting anyone's life? And so... What they did was they did an extensive survey between ages of 8 and 80. 44,000 people they did this survey. And here's what they asked. They said, if someone just goes to church once a week, or they read the Bible once a week, does that really impact their life? And the answer was no. Well, what about two times a, a week if somebody is reading the Bible? Is that having an impact on their life? And once again, they, they learned that it was a negligible effect. Well, what about three times a week? Well, here's where it got interesting. They said a- after reading the Bible three times a week, there was at least a heartbeat. Okay? In other words, something's, something's there, but it hasn't come to life yet. So this was the, the most amazing thing about this survey, that on the fourth day, of reading God's word, the impact just skyrocketed. By reading the Bible four times a week, an amazing thing happened. Look at these statistics. 
When you read the Bible four times a week, it literally affects behavior. Uh, feeling lonely drops 30%. Anger issues drop 32%. Bitterness, relationships drop 40%. Alcoholism drops 57%. Here's one of my favorite. Feeling spiritually stagnant. You got any people in your church that feel spiritually stagnant? You may be feeling spiritually stagnant yourself. Well, that, that drops 60%. Watch this. Viewing pornography drops 61%. But now here's the positive of reading God's word four times a week. Sharing your faith jumps 200%. Discipling others jumps 230%. So, this, uh, so what we found out was uh, reading God's word four times a week affects our behavior. In D-Life, you are challenged to read five chapters a week, and then you meet with your D-group or with, with your group once a week. I want to tell you about real people, real stories. Um, we have here today Mike Barrett. Mike Barrett is uh, the Associational Missionary Strategist. I think they gave him a fancy word, name. Give him a big head. But Mike is my partner in crime. I shared this with the, the association about a year and a half ago. And last year, Mike and I together uh, trained 43 pastors in what we call legacy and leadership. If you're interested in that uh, training, we're, we make ourselves available. I make myself available to you to train you in D-Life as well. So you want to get that information, contact us. But Jim Scott has the most amazing story. Jim Scott's a, a new pastor, has a church that he started about five years, uh, church is about five years old. And here's what Jim said to me recently. Barry, uh, D-Life has changed me and it's changed my church. It has changed me and it's changed my church. And he says, Barry, I went back and looked at our church last year and he, he said, uh, back in May, we were averaging about 72, and, and he just started D-Life around February and March and got it going with five groups at his church. Then he started seeing the impact that having groups make and how God just begins working through the connection between each other. He said the most amazing thing happened after a year. In January, he is averaging over 100 people. In his church, he said, but the most amazing thing is the salvation decisions that have come from this. He said, listen to me. He said, we had 32 professions of faith last year and we baptized 26. What I'm about to say to you is the most powerful thing about D-Life. D-Life is the only thing. I've been in ministry over 35 years now. D-Life is the only thing that I've come across in my 35 years that combines both evangelism and discipleship. The only thing. When I heard this, I was like, I about came out of my seat. Finally, somebody has a, has a ministry that's designed to reach people who are in the church but outside the church. Most of my groups in my church do not meet at the church. We're all over Greensboro. We meet in Panera Breads, McDonald's, Bojangles. We meet at people's homes. We meet in a hundred other places because that's the way it's designed. 
We really go public when you go and you start doing this thing called D-Life. Here's what I love about it. It's anytime, anywhere, with anybody. The purpose of D-Life is simple. It means living a lifestyle of discipleship. A lifestyle. This is what we should be doing every day. Uh, in other words, it's, uh, it's, what we're, it's what Jesus asked us to do. He says, the one thing that I'm going to ask you to do is to make disciples. I, I lead the new members class at my church, and every time I get a chance to, to say this to my new members is, you're joining our church, we're not here to make you a member. We're here to make a disciple out of you. Uh, we have plenty of members on our church role, don't we? But God... God asks us to do one thing, and that's to make disciples. We're, we're so married to programs, I, and I'm raising my hand, I'm, I'm guilty. We're married to programs. Uh, in fact, when, when you start doing D-Life, in fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a confession. I, I was an education pastor in, the, in Atlanta, Georgia, before I came to, uh, to Greensboro. And I'm going I'm, to I'm be honest with you, I was married to, to, to a program. Uh, six weeks, eight weeks, you know, sign up for this class. Can I say something to you? Discipleship is not a class. I, I went to uh, one website. Uh, I was doing a little research for a, a, a message, and I, I found a church. Uh, their disciple-making process was to take 17 classes, and you'll be a disciple. Does anybody want to sign up for that? Come on now. Take you about three or four years. But isn't that funny how, how we say that? 17 classes and then you'll be a disciple. Jesus didn't say that, did he? He didn't say sign up for a class or go to a study. He says it's a lifestyle. It's, it's what you should be doing uh, every day. And of course, it's a part of the Great Commission. This is not the great suggestion. I love this because, you know, this is the last thing that Jesus said to his disciples. And, and listen, when, when Jesus is getting ready to say this, you know, this is the last thing he's going to say. So guess what? You probably should lean in and listen to what he's going to say. And he says, guys, I'm leaving. But guess what? I want you to go. <laughs> Hello. Go and make disciples. We've got this mindset of gather and disciple. Jesus wants us to go and make disciples. This is the beauty of D-Life. D-Life has a simple plan. Jesus poured his life into his men. This is what you're, if, you, if you're going to start D-Life at your church, this is what you will have to do. Uh, D-Life is high relational. You see, we, we want, everybody wants to be a part of a growing church, but nobody wants to spend any time with anyone. I have to, I have to make a confession about my church in Atlanta. Uh, you know, we had people coming to our front door for assistance and help. And we were sending them away. Now, are you, are, you, are you getting this? Are you picking up on this? People are coming to our front door, knocking on the door, and wanting to come in. And we say, sorry, we're going to send you down the road. After six months of this, I said, I went to our leadership and said, look, we've we got to stop this. We're praying to reach people. We're praying for converts. We're praying for people to become disciples, and we're sending them away. The church has become a referral center. 
And God calls us to get involved. And so what started at that church was a uh, care ministry that is still going to this day. And now we're impacting hundreds of people with the gospel. That's what God calls us to do. Is it hard? Yes. Is it difficult? Yes. Does it cost money? Yes. But our church got behind it and we're seeing God use it. We refer to D-Life. The D stands for discipleship. And so we just have at our church what we call D-groups. 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 In fact, we we, kind of ask everybody in our church, are you a part of a D-group? Well, no. What is that? I'm scheduled to go to our We've been doing uh, D-Life for about, like I said, about two years now. And we still have people in my church who don't know what it is. So uh, I'm going, uh, I was supposed to do it this month. Oh, I'm, actually, I'm doing it this week. I'm going to our senior, senior adults and tell them about D-Life. Because what you've got to learn in a church is you've got to say it and say it and say it. And about the time you're sick and tired of saying it, they're just getting it. And so there's people still in my church that don't know we, well, anything about, about D-Life. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep talking about it. And by the way, D-Life is 52 weeks. Now, I said, when I heard that, I went, nobody is going to sign up for that. And then I started my own D-Group and I went, I'm not missing this. Because it's something I enjoy. It's something I look forward to. I am not going to stop meeting with my guys. My guys hold me accountable and I hold them accountable. That's the beauty of it. So D-Life, please hear me, is not a program. You got to hear that. Uh, People will try to make it a program. I've had people that actually would try to stop the process and say, We're going to stop our D group and we're going to study uh, the book of Revelation. And I looked at him, I said, no, you're not. He said, why? I've already ordered the books. I said, send them back. Because you don't understand. This is not a start and stop and continue. This is all the time. We don't, we, we encourage people not to stop during the summer, even though people try to do that. Because then it's hard to get back going. So we keep it going 24-7. The first year I did my D group, we only missed two weeks. And that was because of Thanksgiving and Christmas. And we met whether there was just one person. What, what's the beauty of you and one other guy meeting together? Well, my group, they, everybody's gone this week. It's only going to be three of us. Well, that's all you need to start a D group is three people. Why are you stopping? Because people still think it's a program. This is a, this is a new paradigm shift. I want, I want you to know this is going to be hard for some of you to start in your church. Okay? Because people are stuck to an old paradigm shift of a small group and a closed group. See, a closed group, nobody can get in. Or if you're in that 12-week study and somebody new comes and a visitor comes and they want to join, what do you tell them? Brother, you got to wait three months after Christmas and Jan- we might kick it back off in March. And that person needs help today. And you just put them off. Well, the beauty of, of a D group is, listen, you can join anytime, anywhere with anyone. That's the beauty of it. You don't have to, you don't have to say, man, wait. Well, no, you just, you just invite them to come. 
And so it's a, it's a process. Now, this is the best part, of, <laughs> one of the best parts of, of, of D-Life is we're not doing a study of God's word. The study is the word. This is the textbook. This is all you need, right? Isn't that a novice idea? We're actually going to study the Bible. Duh. It's the beauty of it. You got a Bible, you're ready to go. Now, here's another thing I love about it. Once again, I said it's the only thing that I've come across that combines both evangelism and discipleship. So it is designed for new believers, uh, mature believers, unchurched, and non-believers. So I've got to tell some stories now. Because I want you to get a vision of how you can start this in your church. So first story, let me say this is um, a guy in my church, uh, his name is Dale Dale. And I think his parents were afraid they'd forget his name, so they named him (laughs) twice. Is it Dale Dale? And uh, Dale is uh, 84 years of age. And Dale is in a D group on Wednesday night, one of the rare ones that, are, that meet at our church. We only have two D groups that meet at my church. And Dale comes to the leader uh, of that group and he says, uh, I- I'm leaving. I'm out of here. And, and the leader of that group says, well, Dale, I thought you liked uh, like this thing called uh, D-Live. He says, man, I love it. It's the best thing I've ever done. He said, uh, but I'm going to take this. And I'm going to start this in my subdivision. Now, are you catching a vision? I have men in my subdivision who I know are unsaved. Many of them are unchurched. And I want to reach them for Christ. Uh, By the way, Dale saw me about three weeks ago, said, hey, I've come to the end of my study. I need seven more books. Are you hearing me? Dale has has a compassion for the men in his community. I have a college girl that started a, a D group for her lost friends in, at, at the university, uh, UNCG, because she says, I've got some friends that I want to reach for Christ. And all six of the girls in her group were unsaved. See, this is the beauty of it. You have believers, you have what? Non-believers. And you have to have some believers. Um, so I got to tell some God stories. I've got so many to tell. I, I have a God story every week from what God's doing in our group. So my wife and I, in our subdivision, um, we've been praying. We, we've been talking about this for like a year and a half, and we kept saying to each other, "We need to start a D group in our subdivision. We need to start a D group in our subdivision." Well, you know, our our lives are so crazy. Her mother got sick last year and started in March, and. Her mother passed away in October, and so we've just been going back and forth to Georgia, and it's just been crazy. And we just were like, we just, we know we gotta we care about our community, right? So this is a true story. It's about the second week of November. We're out walking our dog early in the morning, and our neighbor Miss uh, Miss Ivy is approaches us, and she's a she's a believer, and she's the one who's been evangelizing our community. She comes up to my wife and she says, uh, Diane, uh, I have five ladies that want to start a Bible study at the first of the year. Now, these ladies, they don't need an in-depth Bible study. They need that, uh, that D thing that you talk about. 
because Diane had been talking about the D thing for a year. And so this D thing was D life. And Diane says, oh, D life. She says, it's awesome. You would love it. She says, well, here's what I want to do. Why don't you uh, have coffee with me the first week of January? And then we'll in, we'll, the next week we'll present it to these ladies in our subdivision. And we'll just see if that's what they want to do. So my wife meets with her the first week of January. Second week, they send out an invite to the community. And 13 ladies register. Ten show up. My wife goes there to, with the whole purpose of just sharing what D-Life is, how it works. And uh, uh, they, as she's talking, they're all nodding their head. This is what we want to do. Why? Because it's simple. But it's not shallow. And so uh, they said, this is what we're going to do. Now, the beauty of this is that today, it's been about five weeks, uh, this, this group is having nine to 11 ladies meeting in our subdivision, and, and not one of them goes to my church. Are you picking up what I'm laying down? This is a kingdom mindset. Now, we're not going to leave them. My wife is still going to keep visiting them, making sure they're, they're, they're still doing it like you're supposed to be doing. But here's the beauty of it. Now, I haven't gotten to this yet. The goal of every D group is to multiply within a year. Ah, I'm jumping ahead. I can't do that. <laughs> A D group can begin with three to eight people. You got three people, you can start a D group. But let me say this to you. Please don't start a D group with your Sunday school class. That's not much work. That's not much prayer. That's not what it's designed for. You, because, see, uh, if you start in your class, that's safe. I want you to get outside the classroom and get on the street. I have a guy that started a D group every day, uh, every week at his, uh, at his workplace, and they do it during lunch. I got a guy that came to me recently that was started a D group with the couples on Tuesday, but he had some guys that he had been building a relationship with at work, and so he said to me, Pastor Barry, this is like a week ago, Pastor Barry, I've got two guys that I've built a relationship with that I want to start a, a D group for these two guys. I know I'm, I'm, I know I'm a part of a, of a couple's on Tuesday night, but I want to reach these guys. Can I start a D group on Fridays with these guys? And of course, what did I say? No, we don't want people reading God's word. No, we can't have that. Of course I said that. And, and once again, a new D group is born. I'm here to tell you God will work ahead of you if you'll start it. You just start it and it will multiply itself. Uh, a group can be generational or multi-generational. This is the beauty of D-Life. Is that you have people of all ages in your group. I had a 17-year-old, a 65-year-old, a 35-year-old in my group. We learn from each other. See, my goal is just... My goal is to fill my group. I just grab a man. I meet someone and I say, hey, are you in a group? No. What are you doing on Tuesday mornings at 7 o'clock? I'm getting ready to go to work. Well, you think you could join me on Tuesday mornings at 7 o'clock at Panera Bread on Lawndale? Yeah. I'll see you tomorrow. How do you think I got my neighbors to come? I went over and invited them. <laughs> Told them about it. You see, 
it's, it's generational. It's, it's, it doesn't have to be young and old. Oh, y'all people stay over here. Now, listen, we do have some young adult groups. Our college pastor started some D group for college students. You can have those. But now we have men groups and we have women groups. We have couples that meet together. What they do is they meet together for the first 15 minutes and they fellowship and have coffee. And I know I have one group that they want to have dinner every week. Now, that's crazy. I, I, don't, I don't want that. I mean, they, of course, it's offended me. They haven't invited me yet. And, uh, but they have dinner together every week and then they do their, their D group together. If you want to do that, that's great. You don't have to. Most of us, we, we say every D group lasts about an hour. But now I'm going to say this because my wife's group meets two hours. They have, they have a specific time for fellowship, and that's okay. It can, go, it can go one hour, two hours. But the beauty of this is each group is encouraged to do missions. Every three, group, three months, we encourage groups to come up with their own mission project. Once again, people support what they help to create. And so I have to say this about that group that um, my wife did an excellent job of training them, that group that meets in my subdivision. After two weeks, they had already come up with their mission project. What? In, in, a, in a month's time, this group has already got a mission project. So there's 10 ladies in Brown Summit going in this Brown Summit subdivision that's going to be doing a mission project with the church, and none of them are part of our church. Are you getting your arms around this? This is God's stuff. This is kingdom building. And I'm not going to take credit for what God's doing because he's doing it all the time anyway. Here's the six practices of D-Life. Here's what Bill, he said, what I wanted to do is I wanted to study the life of Jesus. And Jesus was about six things, and he says, guess what? This is disciple-making. This is what will happen in your D group. These six practices, uh, fellowship, teaching, prayer, ministry, multiplication, and accountability. These are the six things that will be taking place every week uh, or every month that you meet. But it's, it's designed for each week and the beauty of this is the accountability the accountability that takes place i'm expecting my guys to have read their material i'm not showing up without without reading my five chapters now i have to be honest with you some 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 of the young guys that we have uh they think this is a program they think this is about checking a box and we have to say no we have to train them this is not about checking boxes because what they would do on Sunday, they would sit down and read all five chapters at one time and go, I'm done. I, I've read my five chapters. In other words, they were checking the box. No, we want to teach people that it's a relationship. That we want you to read God's word daily and spend time in prayer because what are we going to give you to pray about? <laughs> well, I'll get to that in a second. First of all, you're going to pray for you guys in your group. And you don't think you have some other things to be praying about? Make sure you get these. So the first thing that we want you to do under fellowship, when you start thinking about who I can get out there and I can reach in my, in my group, is pray. God, who do you want in my group? So recently, 
uh, a couple in our church invited somebody to church. That's a novice idea, isn't it? And he came. I met him. His name is Carlos. And God put on my heart, says, uh, Barry, you need to reach out to Carlos. I, I called Carlos, said, Carlos, can you meet me for lunch? He said, yes. We have lunch. It is a God appointment. Carlos works at uh, uh, a dealership right behind our church. He's a single dad, has two kids, uh, divorced, looking for community. Uh, Carlos is from Guatemala and uh, has fell in love with D Group and D Life. Uh, when we started, he, was, he joined my uh, second year group, and uh, we had about five of us in the group. And I said, Carlos, I'm going to start a new group. Will you go with me? He says, Pastor Barry, I love you. I follow you to the ends of the earth. <laughs> I love that guy. I'm, if I could have him stand up in front of you, he would tell you this is the greatest thing that he's ever come in contact with. Because of the power of God's word. He says, Pastor Barry, I deal with so much in my work. I need, I need the life. I need God's word. It strengthens me. It helps me. I want to tell others about this. And he shared with another pastor who was in Mike's, who's in Mike's legacy and leadership group, who, who I was sitting beside, who uh, is his friend. Isn't that crazy? how God puts a guy right beside us that's a, that needs help in a church. And Carlos says, I need to help him. But we want you to pray first. Who, God, who do you want in my group? Meet them face to face. Talk to them. Tell them what you're doing. But pray and then ask them to meet with you. Think about family and friends and co-workers and neighbors. Um, got to share this story. It's a God story. My wife we became friends with our neighbors, Michael and Sheila, and their son, Josh. And so Sheila goes to the uh, mailbox one day. Diane just so happens to be walking out to the mailbox as well. And so they meet each other, and, and they start talking. And, and, and Sheila begins to tell my wife that uh, she's not working now. She's taking a leave of absence. She begins to share with my wife all the struggles that she's having. She can't sleep. She has anxiety. She has this. She has that. And Diane said, man, my heart just sank for her. I just, I didn't even know she was dealing with all this. Here's what my wife said to her. She says, Sheila, do you know what you need? Now, this is important. You need my D group. See, people today, they don't have relationships. They don't have connections. Most of them don't have friends. Sheila is isolated and insulated. By the way, that's exactly where the devil wants people, by the way. That's right. He wants to insulate and isolate. Some of you may be insulated and isolated. That's why you need a D group. That's why I lead a D group. Not because I'm a pastor, but because Barry Owen needs it. Barry Owen needs the word to change his life. And so uh, Sheila says, when are you meeting? She says, well, actually, we're meeting tomorrow at my house. We're getting ready to start a new study. So why don't you walk on over? Boy, isn't that awesome? Isn't that funny how God works? You don't even have to get in your car. You just got to walk out of your house and walk over. And Sheila came and Sheila has not missed our D group. Uh, by the way, Sheila and Michael joined our church. Became new members. This is where they want to fellowship and minister. Why? Because now they know some people. Are you following me? 
You got, it's about relationships, okay? The second thing is about teaching. Each person in your group will commit to read five chapters a week and write down an application. In the book, in the D-Life book, you have a place to write application, okay? Every, every, every week, you want to write down a scripture passage, something that, that God is saying to you, and you want to write that down, Okay? Uh, so this week was Matthew 6 through 10. I'm reading a chapter a day. I want to write down something that God is saying to me because I want to share that in my group. Well, you say, well, Barry, what are you going to write there? Well, I'll get to that. I'll get that out in a second. So you're going to meet once a week as a group to discuss your five chapters. Uh, each week, your D group will take prayer requests and pray for one another. Now, here's, here's what I've learned by doing this. You don't have time for prayer requests. <laughs> you'll never finish. You'll stick it. You just start with prayer and you'll never get out of your group. You, you won't discuss anything. So what we do is a good practice is we ask for one. Well, how can I pray for Bob? How can I pray for you this week? And I, and I write his request down. And then the person who is leading in prayer that week will pray for those requests. Okay. You don't want a, you don't want a prayer list. Uh, before you dismiss your, your D group, you're going to pray for revival and spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. Bill Wilkes believes that revival started starts with the grassroots. He literally believes that God is going to bring revival because of small groups, D groups, praying all over the country in small groups. Yes. Small groups. D- People praying for revival and spiritual awakening. So we, if we forget that, which, which you will, we pray for that at the end of our session. Okay, Ministry. Uh, once every two to three months, we want to carry out a ministry project outside the walls of our church. So you can just come up with a hundred things out there. You can do things with your church, uh, help, another, help another church or another ministry. But we really encourage people to get, get outside the walls of your, of your church. All right, multiplication. You will work to multiply a new D group every year. We started nine months, 40 groups. Today we have over 50 groups. Groups will start multiplying on their own. Pretty soon I won't have to really advertise in my church D groups because they're growing themselves. And the goal is that you go out and grab people to start your group. Now, a lot of people are still depending on me as the staff person of the church. I need some new people, Pastor Barry. I need some new people. Send me some new people. Well, why do I have to do your work for you? You're the disciple maker. Whoops. I didn't say that. Let's scratch that. Can I take that back? So they want me to do their work for them. You... Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. Yes. You're the light. And you're the light. Where, see, this is the, the great thing about what, where God has all of us. You are where you are because you are that light. Yes. God wants you to be that disciple maker, the disciple starter. Yes. This works, by the way, in small churches, medium-sized churches, and large churches. I just came from Lexington, Baptist Church, Lexington, Georgia, running about 125. 
uh, shared this with about 30 people on Sunday evening. And I want to tell you, the pastor is so excited. He says, Barry, I really believe I can start with 10 groups. You know how exciting that is if he starts with 10 groups and he multiplies 10 in a year? That's 20 groups. And that's not doing any other work. Uh, the great thing about this is we hold each other accountable. Okay? You hold people accountable. Your first question every week that I get in my D group, Joe, have you read your five chapters? Now, Joe, Joe's a 50 percenter. He can't even find his book half the time. <laughs> and Joe has his own business. And Joe's been coming to my group on and off for about two years now. He, he's not even a member of my church. But I've noticed that God is working on Joe's life. Plus, Joe's got the coolest last name of anybody I've ever met. His last name is Batman. <laughs> and I go, is that your real name? He goes, yeah. I said, man, I, I want your last name. I mean, how cool is it to introduce yourself as Joe Batman? <laughs> but we're working with Joe. But I've noticed that God has been working on Joe's life. Joe, who never came to our church, has started attending our church. He came from a religious background where religion was stuffed down your throat. And he said when he became an adult, I, I don't really want that. But Jesus, he does want. And he's learning to grow. And I've, I've seen him grow. And we're being patient with him. But God's being patient with him. Okay? So this is the hook. By the way, this is what grabbed me when Bill said this. When he said this phrase to me, this is the hook that got me wanting to do what this thing called D-Life. Here it is. The church is not going to grow by addition, but by multiplication. You see, most of us, we're in churches that we're just trying to make sure that we add enough people during the year to replace the old people who are going on to heaven. In other words, if we were to add 30 people this year, that's pretty good because we lost about 25 so we're, 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 we're five plus. Listen, friend, that's not, how, that's not God's multiplication. God wants us to multiply our community. In fact, this is the, when, he, when Bill talked to me about starting D-Live, this was the hook that he got me. He says, Barry, what in your church, and this is the question I'm asking you, what in your church is multiplying? And, and I had to be honest and I had to say, I don't know of anything. See, a lot of us are just trying to survive. We're, we're, we're just trying to keep it going and, and hope, it, hope it will go. That's not how, that's not what God, God doesn't want us to be surviving, folks. If, if, if anything, he wants there to be life. Anywhere there's life, there's growth. And I want you to know, if you start reading God's word, like Jim Scott, Pastor Jim, who said, my preaching is better there's a better spirit in my church because I've read five chapters. Maybe the reason that 70% of his church is now in D groups, maybe it's because God's word is coming alive in the people. And when God's word comes alive in the people, you're not going to be so apt to just keep it to yourself. Uh, my neighbor, Michael, uh, he would come over. I would turn my mower off. And I said, well, what a great opportunity for me just to share with Michael what I'm studying in God's Word. <laughs> and so every day Michael would come over. I say, Michael, I was reading this morning in the Old Testament. And I started telling him a story, and he's just agreeing with me. And he's just, he thinks this is the best thing. And I said, pretty soon Michael's going to join my church. 
He's going to join my D group. By the way, pray for, pray for him and his son. They're supposed to start attending my group this week. I hope he does. I hope he does. I even moved it up 30 minutes, 7, 730. Because <laughs> he's, he's, he's off on Wednesday. All right. So the goals of D-Life is to develop disciple-making disciples to create a lifelong habit. You see, this is something we should be doing already to multiply new groups from within your groups and to participate in outreach projects. And let me say this about your group. If a group, I have, I have one of these and, I'm, and, I've got to, and I've got to say it and keep saying it. I've got a group of ladies that just love well, let me let me rephrase that. Love each other. <laughs> and and we just love each other and 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 we don't really want to multiply. So what have I told them? Here's what I said. You have to say it too. You cease to be a D group when you cease to multiply. Yeah. See, they like growing their group. See, they're stuck to an old paradigm shift which says we got Listen, we got our few and that'll do. It's, this, is, this is my group. No, it's not. It's God's group. And you're, you've ceased to be a disciple maker when you're all about gathering. Jesus said what? Go and make disciples. Not stay and have fellowship. I, listen, I'm all for the fellowship. I love it that she's growing a group. But you've got to multiply. i got to break up your little party. I'm sorry. They don't like me. But I'm going to keep saying it and keep saying it and keep saying it. And if they don't multiply, I will not include them in, in D groups. Mm-hmm. They will not be a D group. Yeah. You'll just be a Bible study. And you say, well, that's, that's kind of harsh. Listen, this is what we've been doing for years and it hasn't been working. Okay. The New Testament, in D-Life, you will read through the entire New Testament in a year. This is, this is uh, New Testament 1. There's four books. There's New Testament 1, New Testament 2, Old Testament 1, Old Testament 2. Okay? So in your first year, you'll read through the entire New Testament. Uh, that's, that's pretty awesome, isn't it? Because most people can never say they've read through the entire New Testament in a year. That's the beauty of D-Life. D-Life is not an in-depth study. This is not BSF. This is not Bible Study Fellowship. My wife has a lady that's actually in in BSF, and she's in my wife's group, and she says, I like D-Life better than Bible Study Fellowship. That's just what she said. Because this is reading God's Word, writing down an application point, and spending time with God every day. So there's Old Testament 1. Old Testament 1 is 260 stories. Uh, it's 52 lessons in the Old Testament. Uh, you'll, you'll really read through the book of Job. Okay, I just finished this second study. And uh, the second year in the Old Testament, you will read Psalms, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes for the second year. Okay. Uh, as a person reads the Bible, this is, what we, this is that little uh, place I told you about. Each week that you're doing your lesson, uh, you have a little space here to write, what is God speaking to you about? And this is what we call space. And space stands for something. So is there a sin to confess, a promise to claim, 
an attitude to change, a command to obey, or an example to follow. So after I ask the first question, which is, have you read your five chapters this week? I get either a yes or no. The second thing is, okay, out of the five chapters that you read, what was God speaking to you about? And I use space. And, and that's really the, this is a powerful, now we don't have time in your group, you won't have time to go through five chapters. So I just asked my group, and we spend about 10 minutes on this, because we got to keep it moving. So, I, so in about 10 minutes, I'm hearing from them about what they read, uh, what, what sin they needed to confess, or what promise they needed to claim, or I had a bad attitude this week. I actually had a guy in my first year said, this week I didn't like what I was reading. He said that. I appreciate it. He was being honest. I didn't like what I was reading this week. I really have a hard time with this. I, that's okay. Do you think he read his material that week? <laughs> yes, he did. That's the goal. Uh, God will work on it. Listen, God will work on his attitude. God will work on that command. You see, this is why I tell people all the time, you have to have a disciple-making strategy because you have to teach people what God expects. If you don't teach people what God expects, they, they won't know what God's Word says. By the way, the Bible Belt is no longer the Bible Belt. Do y'all know that? There's a lot of lostness around. And we just assume that everybody goes to a church. And they don't. This is the beauty of a, of a D-Life group, is that you're just reaching anybody, anywhere. We actually have people, I have a guy that writes me, or sends me a text almost every week. Uh, he meets on Monday night at a Panera Bread, and why that's a sacred place, I don't know. But every week, somebody is coming by, asking his group, what are y'all doing? Can I join? Will you pray for me? This happens all the time. We've, we've actually had people join our groups who are not members of our church all the time, by the way. Uh, because they see us. In fact, I, have, I, have a, I don't have time. I could read his testimony. Uh, his name is James. He just joined a, a men's group. And he was just a patron in the, in the restaurant. And he, he was saying, I saw what y'all were doing. And I wanted so much to join your group. My heart's desire was to join the group. Well, one of the guys in the group decided to do what? Ask him, would you like to join us? And he wrote, he wrote a, the most beautiful prayer about God answered my prayer by allowing me to join your group. I was sitting over here being envious and jealous and wish I could, wish I could be part of a group of men praying together. Got the Bibles open, talking about the word of God. And somebody just said, would you like to join us? And he joined. My wife's group last week was leaving. Uh, one of the ladies stayed there later, like 11, like 11, 15. A lady who had been in the restaurant said, can I ask you a question? She said, sure. She says, y'all are doing a Bible study, aren't you? She says, well, it's, yeah, we're, we're reading the Bible. But it's not really a Bible study. The lady says, uh, well, I've been watching y'all, and y'all look like y'all are just having the best time. Can I join? You see, this is the, I'm, I'm not making this stuff up, folks. I'm telling you, God's already ahead of us. And if you'll just start, God will fill your group. God will start your group, okay? 
Here's, here's what we always say, though. You got to keep things confidential. You want to kill your group, you start sharing what each other's praying for. My wife leads a group on Thursday. I never ask her what, what her ladies are praying about and what they're praying for. Who's confessing what? Because that's none of my business. All right? Who's this guy? Everybody knows old Barney. And Barney's famous for one thing. One bullet. Now, here's, here's, a, here's, here's a true story about our church. Most of us only have one bullet. And we've been told by the pastor of our church to invite people. And we invite people, and they tell us the one thing that we hate to hear, I already go to church. I belong to the Church of God, or I belong to the Methodist Church. Or, you know. Now, listen, they don't go, but they belong to the church, right? See, I learned that little secret in, in my church in Atlanta, so I started getting smarter than them. I said, well, what's your pastor's name? Uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, I just started going. Uh, yeah. Really, you don't go anywhere, do you? See? Yeah. So, so what I'm giving you, I'm giving you another bullet. See, I, I don't want you to invite people to your church. I want you to invite them to your group. We're not inviting people to the church. Now, the ultimate goal is that people get saved. Amen? This is the whole purpose of, of making disciples. But, but I'm, I'm caring about you as, your, as a soul that needs Christ. I just care about you. So I'm going to invite you to a... I, I say, hey, I'll buy you coffee. I'll buy you breakfast. I bought you lunch. So I just want... I invite them. And guess what? 84% of unchurched people said that they would come to church if somebody would invite them. Yes. 84%. Is that pretty good percentages? So if people would come to church, how more, more likely they would come to your group? Because you meet Monday evening, Tuesday evening, Wednesday evening. I have groups meet on Sunday night. I have groups meet on Monday morning. I have a group that they want to get up before God, and he, they, they meet at 5.30. I said, I don't think God's awake at that time. <laughs> so discipleship is relational. I've, I've got to move. I'm about done. Materials are either uh, printed or, you, or a web app. Your church can actually sign up on a web app. It's called Living the D-Life. Write that down, Living the D-Life. Your church can actually sign up for a year subscription. Very inexpensive. Uh, so you can start as, as cheap as $99 a year. And you get, you get like 75 people can log on. Go to 150, 150 people. It just, that's how it works. It's not an app. It's, a, it's just a web base. And by the way, when your church signs up, uh, people can log on and have the material uh, on their laptop, the iPad, uh, all those things. Okay? Uh, Got to hurry. This is your weekly assignment. Uh, this is what happens in your group. You have somebody that you assign each week to, to lead this. So uh, each week, this is, my, this, is my, <laughs> this is my group. I have somebody that I assign to lead in prayer. This, I have somebody assigned to read the passage of Scripture that we have for that week. I'll have somebody read the text. And I'll have somebody answer the questions. This actually rotates... So my first year when I had six guys, I only, I only facilitated five times a year, and that's when somebody didn't show up. This is the disciple-making process. You're teaching people how to disciple themselves. After they do this for a while, they go, I can do this. 
Pastor Barry, we started doing D-Life with our family. Is that okay? No, once again, I hate it when people read God's Word. Yes, that's what I'm teaching you to do this for. You're teaching how to disciple yourself, and you're teaching people how to disciple others. It's a simple strategy. Now, some, once again, though, people will try to change this. My wife's... Oh, I'm telling on myself. i got to quit saying my wife's group. Uh, her group wants to take this part out. You know why? Because she's got mature believers in her group. But not everybody in the group is a mature believer. This is part of the process. Don't take something out. This is a part of the process. Don't make it something it's not. Each week, I said, we close in prayer. We pray for revival and spiritual awakening. The best part about me showing you this is actually what God is doing uh, in churches. Uh, This is just the multiplication strategy that I want you to see that could happen in your church. If you started 10 groups, and then in one year you multiplied, you had 20 groups. You started with 40 groups. See, this is where we're at. My groups that I, that I had 40 are now starting to come to the end and they're multiplying. So now I'm having groups to grow. And if I continue to do this, I'll reach the 80 mark. But if I continue to do this, which by the way, I'm never going to stop making disciples, am I? So I'm going to see what? I'm going to see, eventually I'm going to see 160 groups. Because it's a natural process of multiplication. And pretty soon I'm going to have a movement. But not only in my church, I want to this to go out to other churches. I want to get to the point where we are going in every uh, restaurant, everywhere, anytime, and there's a D group meeting. Seven o'clock in the morning, you go, you stop at a Chick Fil A. There's a D group meeting over there. Bill Wilkes starts started a D group. He's got two groups meeting, and in, uh, in, at seven o'clock at a Chick Fil A, two groups he's multiplied there. See, we're not just telling you to make disciples, we're making disciples. Okay, my time is up. I got, I got five minutes for questions. Can you skip to the next slide? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my bad. Sorry, incomplete right uh, Repetition is the key to making disciples. We, this is something we do every week. It's the same strategy. If somebody left my group that meets on Tuesday and went to another group on Thursday... I want them to have the same experience. We don't stop anything, okay? And of course, I don't have time to talk to this about this story of uh, vision leaks. What I mean by that is you've got to keep saying it and saying it and saying it so that people keep getting it, okay? Uh, like I said... Does it kind of just come naturally? Somebody said they're in your group and they say, I want to start a group... Yes. Uh, let me. Yes. Thank you for helping me remember this. This is very important. You, before you start a group, you have to be trained, or you have to be in a group to start a group. Now, the reason I'm going to say this is because I had people when when God started doing this thing at Lawndale, I had people jump on board because it's the latest and greatest thing, right? So people jumped on board. I have tracked it. Every person who jumped on board who wasn't trained or they weren't in a D group has left. Because why? They don't understand the process. This is not something you start and stop and start and stop. 
This is something that starts and keeps going. We don't start. We don't stop. There's a plant. There's a process to this. So you have to be trained. Now, I have my information uh, up here. If you, if you want to sign the church up, you want us to come and do a training, we make ourselves available. Mike will make himself available. We'll come do an hour training at your church, or we come and do a, what's called a four-hour boot camp. That's what Bill did for us as we started it. We want people to really understand the, the understanding, the, the, the process of disciple-making. And so we make ourselves available to you. If you're a pastor, you want to be a part of this legacy and leadership, uh, we can meet with you and just, it's really just teaching you how to do uh, D-Life because we want pastors to really start this in their church, start a disciple-making process, okay? A cost for the training, uh-huh. it's, it's, based on, it's really based on the church and size. Okay. It's, just a, it's just a suggested donation uh, to do a training. Uh, you'll contact uh, Rondi Wilkes. She'll actually set that up for us to do the training. Uh, so that's just, just, just a love offering, honorarium. That's it. Not, not costly at all. So I have trained last year. I trained, uh, gosh, probably 15 churches. Mike and I did the legacy and leadership with pastors, so we just make ourselves available. Mike, would you like to say anything? You got two minutes. It's an awesome journey. <laughs> I just uh, started last month with eight new pastors, and uh, one of the great things for 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 us in working with pastors is a lot of them have said, you know, I, I read the Word of God for for preaching, but this has refreshed my heart to pursue God for me. And uh, I think all of us would say, if we could get our people in the Word. The Word is alive, God's going to speak, it's going to transform, and again, that's our heart for all of us to be in the Word and let the Word change us into the likeness of Jesus. Pray for hungry people to be a part of your group, again, because you want those people that are going to multiply. I've got some uh, brochures up here, I put them in your, I put them in your, uh, your, in your seats. Uh, you can sign up up here if you'd like for me to come talk to your church. I'll do this for. I sit down with pastors in, in their office before to share this. Do you try eight, ten? When do you try to multiply? What's the maximum number in a group? I had a girl that that she was so awesome in leading groups. She got up to fifteen, and she knew she was. She knew she had too many. She multiplied and started three new groups. She she herself has started five groups. The girl can grow grass. Watermelon, she can grow anything. She just has the gift of growing. Uh, so, but we try not to. Now, this group that started my subdivision, they're at 10. I'm going to leave them alone. But at the end of the year, I'm going to create two new groups. We're going to go five, five. Okay? So, sometimes it just happens. Uh, the fellowship, the community, and I kept asking her, what, what week are you on? Well, I'm on 22. Oh, my goodness, you're not even halfway through the year. You already got 12 little girls. So we just let them stay together. Now we try not to, you know, once again, at the end of the year, if you've got 12, that's two groups or three groups. The goal is to multiply so that people can what? Join, join the group. And by the way, uh, great, great for the, for if you have a new members class, to connect people from a new members class to a D group. And then the or beauty like of this also is you can just have three or four people and it'd be very productive for that first year before you multiply. It is life changes, and that's what the word is. Yeah. Hey, can I pray for you? I've got 30 seconds. And God, thank you for these people who are hungry for you and we're hungry for others. Uh, this is not about us. This is about your commandment to us to make disciples, not to make members, 
and not to fill up our group just so that we can say we have so many people. This is about making disciples. This is about releasing people out into the world to be the salt and light. For some reason, you've placed each one of these people in this room today. And I pray, God, that you'll use this as they continue to make disciples wherever you put them. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.